Hi, welcome back, all six of you. I have a lot of voice notes to upload today. I think I have about six or seven. I'm gonna talk about a short trip I recently did to Costa Rica and a guy I got reacquainted with while I was there. Super cool guy, you're gonna love it. Also, guys not showering and not wearing deodorant, I hate it. Um, Snapchat, using Snapchat again. Conspiracy theories, the one I'm gonna talk about now is the Malaysia one. Andre Leon Talley's Christie's auction, that one. Um, the customer isn't always right. Again, the customer isn't always right. Insecure people and the red flags for the insecure people and maybe I did record a voice note for this But I'll probably just do one on the fly here Neiman Marcus and their new business model Do you remember last Memorial Day? I went on a trip to the Bahamas We went on the boat and it was like a seven-hour trip Well, Captain Don came with us and Captain Don is a guy that David bought a spear gun from he found him on Craigslist Bought a spear gun from him and now like they go fishing all the time and he's the one who captained the boat david's boat to take us to the bahamas like for memorial day it was like seven and a half hour trip it was super beautiful it was exhausting for me because i was carrying this like five-year-old who weighs who's a big five-year-old on my lap through the whole trip bumpy as hell but it was fun it was beautiful i had the time of my life over there it was very relaxing i love bahamas we went specifically to harbor island anyways um back to captain don captain don is 72 years old i have never really talked to captain don that much like i'll have like conversation with him here and there like the few times i've seen him but again i don't hang out with him like i don't go out in the water with him like that but this time when i was in costa rica i was in costa rica last week and he was at the fisher town fishing town where we were it's called puerto jimenez and we actually found out about puerto jimenez through him well i didn't they david and justin found out about it through him anyways um i they've been there before i this is my first time there and I actually sat down for like two hours and hung out with Captain Don at a dinner table at a restaurant. And oh my God, Captain Don is a man. Like they do not make men like that anymore. They do not make men like that anymore. That is a man. Like I said, 72 years old, spear fishes out in the water. Like that day at dinner, we had tuna that he caught earlier that day. It was so good. Now, Captain Don is a very private person. Like he has, he's, he's very private. He's very low key. And the only reason I know the few things I'm going to tell you about him is because I was being like annoying and I called him childish. I called the 72 year old man childish because he didn't want onions with his fish. I was like, that is so childish. Grow up. And he's like childish. And that's when he started telling me everything about his adventures. Captain Don survived a shipwreck. His ship, like his yacht that he had capsized and he managed, he was treading in the water for two days and made sure that his whole crew and the passengers on the yacht all made it back to safety. He treaded for two hours. He put them all in wetsuits. He made sure that everybody survived. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I put my passport inside my wetsuit because, you know, if they found me dead, I wanted them to know who I was. That is so crazy to me. He has so many cool stories. He has skydived. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, casually just telling me, like, yeah, like, I retired on, like, my 500, my fifth hundred. I don't know how to say that word. Oh, my God. 500. English second language, guys. Sorry. Skydive. It's like, oh, my God. So casually. He's hunted every animal. Not, he hasn't hunted, like, lions and, and elephants. He hasn't hunted those. But he's hunted everything that's allowed to be hunted. And in Alaska, here in the U.S., in Africa and I'm just I'm dying to have him come to my camp in Africa and just go just ex show him like all my animals obviously not to hunt but like have fun there listen to more of his stories I feel like he would have so many more if he told me all of these like fishing stories in Costa Rica imagine what hunting stories he would tell me in Africa in that environment so yeah that is a man 
it's really funny because me and David, because David knows that I love to talk and I'm going to have I have this podcast, but I want to make like a real podcast. And he's like, oh my God, this is what you, because I keep saying I want to do a conspiracy theory podcast. He's like, no, fuck the conspiracy theories. Mind you, he likes conspiracy theories too. But he's like, this is the podcast that you need to do. You need to do one around Captain Don. And it's so true because that man is literally the most interesting man in the world. 72 years old, doing the absolute most. Just out here fishing, hunting skydiving just and there's so much more that i just don't want to like this podcast i don't want it to be all about him but yeah the next podcast that i make like i will make a whole thing about him it'll be like probably like five eight episodes or something it's gonna be good i really hate this trend of men not wearing deodorant it is bothering me so much it drives me up a wall it is so disgusting i am personally affected by it because i work in an office with all men and some work remote some work in the office all the time and i always know who's there because when I get in the elevator, I smell it because they all have like a specific stench to them. They don't wear deodorant and they have their own little stench, their signature stench. Ugh, disgusting. So when I get in, I know who's working that day because I smell it. It's so gross. Men who don't wear deodorant, men who don't shower are so vile and so disgusting. It is unhygienic. And the women who enable this there is a special place in hell for you because there is no reason why you could be lying to a man and telling him, mm, I love your smell. No, there's a difference between a man smelling like a man and there's a difference between a man smelling dirty, vile, and disgusting. A man who has not showered in days, a man who has exercised and not worn deodorant and like the stench just reaps through, ugh, vile. That, that man does not smell good. You need to stop. It's disgusting. I don't understand why this is happening. I have noticed that most of the men who are not wearing deodorant before, like probably like a few years ago, we could have said it was like, oh, the hipster guys, like, you know, the guy, the liberal guys and, you know, who wear like the cute, who have those cute mustaches and the Ray-Ban glasses that live in like Brooklyn and shit. It, it, it's, it's them. No, it's not them. It's the really conservative guys, the guys who listen to Andrew Tate, the guys who listen to that, oh, fuck, what is his name? I hate him. He's like that little man with the squeaky voice. His name is escaping me right now, which sucks because I really don't like him. I know Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, they, they listen to these kind of people. And I'm not sure why like these, these men are saying, are teaching these other men how to be men when they, I don't know, they're not exactly like pillars of like, the manliness community they're not the apex of manliness but for some reason men are taking their advice and i'm pretty sure these this group not just them two but like these group of guys like anybody who falls in that category telling men that they need to smell like men and they need to not wear deodorant this is wrong this is terrible advice if you want to be a man you got to be like captain don that's what a real man is they hunt they fish they hike they do the absolute most that is a man i will give a pass to men who live in the north where it's like always cold it's like brick because they don't perspire as much i'll give them a pass they they might not need to shower several times a day they you know they might not need deodorant as much as the other guy but if you live in the south if you live in miami if you live anywhere that the weather is 80 degrees or higher no 70 degrees or higher you need to wear deodorant you need to shower i'm sorry it's disgusting it's not healthy it's people are lying to you they don't really like the smell they're scared of you and that's why they say they like the smell if they truly loved you and they weren't scared of you they would tell you that you smell like butt andre leon's Halley passed away last year sadly he was he passed away from covid complications he was an american vogue editor 
and which is a big deal because very rarely are there like american vogue editors especially like him so when he passed away he had like a collection a collection of amazing things and christie's the auction house had put it all up for auction and they've been advertising this since january the auction was january 14th 15th and 16th i think it was like three days and they started advertising it like towards the end of january beginning of february and they had some good shit on there like this man's collection i think it's still up like obviously the shit is sold but you could see the collection he had the most unique pieces he had drawings of himself drawn by carl lagerfeld by gianni versace like portraits these fashion designers drew portraits of him they were gorgeous he had um andy warhol paintings he had photography from like i think he had like slim aaron's photography he had so many incredible things at actually i don't think he had slim aaron's photography i got that confused you know why because i'm looking at my slim aaron's book that's like on my bookshelf i take that back but he had so many amazing things i actually decided to bid on a few things here's the issue i think christie's underestimated the impact of andre leon tally they probably did not think that many people knew about him they probably did not think many people cared about him because they set these very low prices that made people like myself think i'm gonna come up i'm gonna have a bunch of shit there was a backgammon set like a travel backgammon set i love backgammon i don't know if i'm saying it right but that's how i say it, backgammon i love it it's one of my favorite games he had a travel one like a prada leather travel one I needed that game and they said it was like valued at like 400 to 600 dollars i was like okay i'll bid on that like up to a thousand like i gave myself a five thousand dollar budget of what i would spend because everything seemed so like everything i wanted was under a thousand dollars so i was like okay like i could i can afford this i can i can afford these things absolutely not i couldn't afford shit oh my god the day of the i also i bid it on these um these ysl these east Saint laurent cufflinks that had gems and jewels in them they were so gorgeous i wanted to buy the cufflinks obviously i'm not going to give them to a man because one i don't know any men in my life who have drip or dress nice they all wear gym clothes or dishdasha that's it like there's no no drip nothing like and drip for them is like a, a pair of designer jeans and like a t-shirt like it, no but i was gonna get these cufflinks for myself and i was gonna get them made i was gonna take them to the jeweler and i was gonna get them made into like pendants earrings rings like beautiful stuff because some of them were like full gold some were gold plated it was a beautiful collection there was like 12 of them i think i bid on that i didn't get it um there was a a, a freaking chanel bag made out of pony i i will never purchase a chanel bag right now because they're very ex like brand new chanel bags are very 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 expensive one and two the quality allegedly has gone down i wouldn't know i've never seen a real one like a new real one in real life never like all i've seen is like one of my friends she got a fake one that looks really nice but i've never seen one i've only seen the older ones the ones like before like 2016 um yeah yeah i think 2016 because the one that the ones i've seen are the ones my mom has and i remember she hasn't bought any she really got into hermes like later on so she hasn't really bought any chanel but yeah like the old chanel bags are made like incredibly but the new ones i heard are not that good so i don't know i haven't seen a real one in person none of my friends have real chanel bags or chanel bags in general like it's kind of like it's a mature brand i guess it's a mature look the flat bags i like chanel clothes though chanel clothes is cute and you can always, always find Chanel clothes on sale. It always goes on sale. I have some Chanel shit that's gone on sale. But anyways, back to Andre Leontown. He has a, a freaking 
a pony haired Chanel bag. It's made out of pony hair. That thing was amazing. He had like a shirling, 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 um, tote bag, and just a Fendi bag, like just stuff made out of exotics. It was so beautiful, like crocodile duffel bag from Prada, like travel duffel bag, like a keep all style bag from Prada. Just excellent things. He had stuff from Africa, like amazing things and i bid on five things that i wanted and i didn't win shit and it's because they underestimated him they didn't see his impact and i it's kind of low-key insulting like why would you think that andre leon talley's prada back and set would only be worth like four hundred dollars when you have stuff from people who are still alive listed on christie's that's in the thousands of dollars I don't, I don't understand his Louis Vuitton custom luggage trunks. He had so many trunks, like those trunks are expensive. Those trunks, if you go on eBay and look up Louis Vuitton trunks, always order Louis Vuitton from, always order any used designer brand. Don't shop at Fashion File, don't shop at all these places because a lot of them are fake. I'm sorry, especially the real, real, like just look up the real, real fake Fashion File fake, like on TikTok, you'll see so many fakes. If you're going to buy secondhand used goods, buy them from somebody local who has receipts and everything like usually like um vintage shops tailors they have like the stuff because local people will sell it to them but online go to ebay and buy from japan sellers japan has really big um laws for counterfeits especially exporting importing counterfeits like if you're ordering a counterfeit in japan you're you're getting a fine if you're exporting like if you're shipping something out a counterfeit yeah you're going to fucking jail they they don't allow that over there so if you're going to order anything secondhand from like a luxury good make sure it's from japan i think south korea has something similar just look for countries who really like look down on counterfeits and have really big like laws or counterfeits if there's a country that you know they sell counterfeits out on the street like they do in new york yeah don't order from them order from these kind of countries but anyways so his Louis Vuitton trunks, sorry for the tangent, his Louis Vuitton trunks were being priced at like $800, $900. And it's like, what? These trunks are like $20,000, $25,000. So obviously a person like me is going to see that and be like, gasp, I can afford that. And it's Andrew Leon, it's Andre Leon Talley's like, oh my God. Like imagine me traveling with my little like briefcase my louis vuitton trunk briefcase you know touch like taking off getting to a new city going to a beach club pulling out my andre leon's holly backgammons my prada backgammons set and just sitting there on the beach and playing with one of my friends iconic i even told my friend gabrielle about it i sent it because she's like really into fashion like gabrielle is like she knows all about fashion she's worked in fashion she loves fashion she's one of the few people that i can talk to about fashion she's the person that i gave the the fur coat that makes me look like an owl to i don't know if i've told that story i've told everyone that story but i haven't uploaded it here to everyone but yeah i might tell do a little story time about that but she's the one i gave the fur coat to we are ready we're like oh my god we're gonna play this game together nope we didn't play shit because i didn't win anything everything like the trunks ended up selling for like i said 20 to 30 to forty thousand dollars. everything was so like everything was so expensive christie's made a killing off of this and christie's also charges the buyer like a 20 percent fee which is weird like i understand the seller but why the buyer um but again i trust christie's i really do they do good authentication if you're gonna buy like a, oh my god the birkenslayer have you seen that account on instagram the fake birkenslayer 
the fake Birkin Slayer is a bitter ass bitch. I don't like this person. I don't like this account. They're mean. They're elitist. They're a bitch. I don't like them. But I do like how they called out a lot of people who were walking around with fake Birkins. It's really, it's sus to me how so many people had so many Birkins because I know Birkins are very hard to get. There's no way somebody has so many Birkins within like two years of collecting because obviously I'm not like a fucking billionaire but my mom has been collecting Hermes since 1998 when my dad dragged her to the France World Cup in 1998 because it was the first time my dad could ever go to a World Cup because it was the first time he could ever afford to go to one so he like made it like a whole family event and my mom does not care about football soccer so she went to Hermes and that's the first time she ever bought anything from there so that was in 1998 till now she does not have as many Hermes bags as some of these people on instagram and tiktok these influencers these verified accounts it's impossible i just can't ex it, it's not real there was no way these people had all of these bags they were fake they had to be because hermes they have like the kelly bag and the birkin bag and they have a bunch of other bags but the kelly and the birkin bags those have to be offered to you like they have to deem you like worthy of like representing their brand it's ridiculous like you have to spend x amount of dollars to be able to get their their stuff offered to you and then after you spend a certain amount then you get a certain amount of bags then you could just go and like text your sales associate and ask them like hey i want to order that now again like like i said my mom has been shopping there since 1998 it took her probably a decade to get to that level where she could just text the sales associate or email because she emailed this was such a long time ago and ask for like hey i want to buy this so i knew that a lot of these people on instagram and tiktok and everything when they were doing these unboxings like every month of their birkin and their kelly like i knew they were fucking lying i knew but you know what it's none of my business because i don't care if somebody has a fake bag it's none of my business i don't care like i don't have fake shit but you know what i have bought fake shit before i had i think i still have it i had a really cute purple chanel bag oh it was so adorable loved it but you know what that's i had it and whatever now i'm in a place where i can afford my own stuff and I can always now that I'm older my mom lets me borrow her shit because she knows I'm not gonna like leave it somewhere get it dirty or anything so I don't buy fake shit there's no reason to but if people do I don't give a fuck it's none of my business I do not care but the fashion the yeah the fake Birkin Slayer they started off hot this is when I like them because they found this guy on TikTok his username is Birkin Slayer Birkin Slayer was posting bags uh, like his red ostrich Birkin bag, which is really expensive. It's ostrich skin. It's an exotic crocodile exotic Birkin bags. He was just posting them and talking about how, mind you, he's a hairstylist, but he says he makes like a quarter mil a year. I don't believe that. But anyways, he, that's how much he says he makes. And he says he's affording all of these Birkins. Sure. But he would talk about it. He even had a brand deal with fashion file where he would go to the fashion file showrooms and show people all like how to buy a birkin how to resell a birkin how to look for a birkin how to authenticate a birkin like all these things it was like a whole series with fashion file <sighs> i'm out of breath okay he had a whole series with fashion file about this the birkins so even my stomach is going crazy well this person the account fake birkin slayer found out that his shit was fake, posted WhatsApp conversations of him telling people that his shit was fake, where he bought it from, posted a offer up listing, offer up page of his listings of all the fake bags that he sold. And he would put like um, one um, semicolon one Birkin. So I guess for the 
for the fakes, I guess to not get in trouble that you're selling a fake, you have to let people know that it's one semicolon one. That means that it's a real, not, that means that it's not a real bag. When you put the one semicolon one and then the, the, not the brand, but like the style of the bag. So instead of putting like Hermes Birkin, he would put one semicolon one Birkin bag made from like handmade with like real ostrich. I don't believe that. Like where, where are people getting real ostrich and real crocodile? Anyways, he was saying he was selling that bag for $1,000 and he had a black crocodile one, the same one he would post on his TikTok flexing about how real it was. And he even made like the whole story about how he was offered it at the store. Selling that one for $5,000. Again, saying like one semicolon one, um, Birkin, crocodile, blah, blah, blah. And it had the Hermes logo and everything. Here's my thing. Where are they getting these this crocodile skin from where are they getting this ostrich skin from like these can't be real like like he's selling them like real saying like not selling them real he's saying they're fake but they're like the exact same quality as the real one from the store i don't believe that because when you get an exotic anything exotic shoes like anything made from like an animal not obviously not cow not leather but like crocodile ostrich like any of these animals you get something called like a site certificate and the only reason i know this is because again like my mom has a couple exotic hermes and she has the it's like a little envelope and it's the receipt from the store but it's not like it's not the receipt of your purchase it's a site certificate it just looks like a receipt and it's inside and it tells you like where the crocodile was side note most of the shit that hermes makes is from florida like the the gator stuff is from florida um but yeah like it tells you where it's from and this is like a little thing that you have to carry with you when you travel um to certain states especially out of the country because it's like a passport that's what it's called it's a passport but it's it's technic it's actually called site but it's like a little passport so that your bag can go across you know borders his bags how is he selling these bags and he put that they were like made in china but like how did that bag get from china to the u.s it can't be real because no matter what their customs are gonna check like i from my job we order a lot of inventory samples and stuff from china like packaging and there's a declaration on it and i can't tell you how many times we, I, my boxes my packages arrive and they're open because they check what's inside so I actually have lost inventory because they have contaminated my inventory and I just can't use it. Like, it's just not safe to use anymore because UPS has fucked my shit up or Customs fucked it up, whoever did it. So, yeah, so again, it, I don't, he was just scamming people and this is what the fake Birkenslayer did. She exposed him. He lost his contracts with Fashion File, everything. They got rid of any trace of him on their website, on their Instagram, TikTok, all socials, whatever. So she started off hot doing that. She exposed someone else for doing the same thing, like just selling fake shit, buying fake shit. But now she's being annoying or he, I, I think it's a girl. I think it's a messy ass bitch that's doing it. She's posting or he, whatever. She, we're going to say she. She's now posting like regular people who have fake bags. Like why? I don't give a fuck if Sally from high school has a fake bag. Like it's none of my business. I don't care. Like is she trying if she if Sally's trying to sell me a fake bag as a real bag, then we're gonna have a problem. But if Sally's just posting her fake bag with her Starbucks, like cause she's like trying to flex to a cute little aesthetic vibe, that's none of my business. I do not care. It's and that leads me to think that the reason these people care is okay, this is mean. Let me let me pause and re record. Well let me pause before I record. People who get mad at other people wearing fakes are upset because, like, the reason they're upset is because 
they probably were somebody who at one point could not afford these bags. For example, me, I couldn't afford a Birkin bag five years ago. I don't like Birkins. If you ever see me wearing one, it's probably borrowed. It's not mine. I would never buy a Birkin bag. I think they're like too matronly. But anyways, if now that I can afford a Birkin and I see somebody else buying a Birkin that's fake and I know it's fake, I would be the people. Okay. <sighs> this is hard. This is why I'm not a real podcast host. This is why I just like send voice notes. All right. Somebody who didn't have a lot and now they do see somebody else having the shit that they have. They're mad because it's like, hell no. I had to work. I was in the slums. I was you weren't with me shooting in the gym. I was doing the absolute most to be able to afford this bag. And then you want to go and get a fake one. And you think you're like me. I'm better than you because I can afford the real thing. How dare you try to be like me? How dare you try to pass off that you're like me? That is what I think people who get mad at other people for having fake shit are like. It's annoying. It's upsetting. And it goes in hand in hand with the people who call things basic. People who are now upset that Van Cleef is really popular. And Van Cleef is actually getting knocked off a lot. But who gives a fuck? I don't care. I have some Van Cleef pieces. I do not care if people wear Van Cleef, if too many people are wearing Van Cleef. I don't care if it's fake. It's none of my business. The people who care are the people who are bitter because now they finally have something and they see other people that finally they yeah they finally have something they worked really hard to get and now other people have access to it even if it's a fake one but it looks real they don't like it and they get upset and this again like i've been saying for the past 10 minutes just mind your own business it's none of your business i do not care people who are buying fake shit cool whatever like i do not care I will care if they start trying to act brand new because they have their fake shit. That's annoying. That is annoying. I got mad recently because I saw a girl who I know for a fact is wearing a fake Patek Philippe watch because Patek Philippe watches, like, they have to make, it's like Birkins. They have to make sure you're worthy of having one. Like, you can't just walk in there and get a watch. Like, that's not a thing. That's, no. The only reason I even have, I okay, so I'll tell you about that in a second. But again, this girl's out here with, like, a very fake gold iced out Patek Philippe saying oh my god like I don't know you're not gonna impress me with your like your stainless steel Daytona like whatever and it's like bitch first of all I have a stainless steel Daytona and this watch is my baby I love this watch so much it's the first watch I ever bought on my own with my own money right and the only reason I even got this watch was because I went through Mayer's and again, I use my family's account because they shop at Mayer's. So that's the only reason why I was able to get this account, this watch in like four months as opposed to like two-year waiting list was because I had history there. And mind you, four months was a long time. Like I started, like I got, um, I started telling people like, I'm getting that watch. I'm getting that watch. I'm getting that watch. And I, like a month passed. So where's your watch? Like, mm, it's not here yet. You know, but I still, I ended up getting it. And that's like a comment that I see people make. People will say shit like, oh, this very expensive luxury good is so cheap because they think it's going to make or it's so played out. It's so basic. It's so this. It's so that because they think by saying these things, it's going to make them look more elite. It's going to make them look more rich or whatever. And it's so stupid. I cannot stand people like that. I like I love a flex. I love drip. 
I love flex. I love watching people's nice shit. I love people showing me their nice shit. My problem is when they start putting down other people's things to make themselves look better. Because I, I don't like modest people. I like people who flex. I love it. I love seeing people with their nice watches, their nice jewelry, their li- nice bags. I love it. I don't like any of that like Mark Zuckerberg quiet luxury shit where he wears like a plain gray shirt even though it's like a $400 Brunello Cuccinelli shirt. I don't like that. That's boring to me. I don't like how Jeff Bezos wears like, like you're a freaking billionaire. Come on now. You can get shit made. But like cool shit. But no, I, I don't like that. I like loud. I like Versace print. I like people to show me. I like fashion. I like extra. If I see a woman wearing head-to-toe Versace, I love her. If I see a woman wearing head-to-toe Lodopiana, it's like, ugh, I guess, girl. Like, I'm, I'm sure you're comfortable. Lodopiana makes very comfy shit. Like, I wear their I wear their summer walks all the time but and summer charms, but I'm not going to wear Lodopiana, like, sweater or shirt. That shit is bland and boring. Um, but yeah, those are the people that I do not like because they think by putting down very like things that they think they're above it makes them better than everyone else and that is the same vibe that the Birkin Slayer is giving off the customer is not always right the customer is usually wrong but they take advantage of the fact that in America we have made this such a core staple of our customer service and our business life that they take advantage and they think that they can treat people like shit. I see this all the time. At my job, we have a customer support center and I see how our customers talk to some of these people and it's absolutely disgusting. When I'm at the store, I've seen so many Karens in real life. It's disgusting. Even one of my aunts was acting like a Karen the other day and my mom had to tell her like, listen, you're doing too much. Go sit in the car because but she would never act that way in Colombia. But she would act that way here in America. Because in Colombia, they will tell you, go fuck yourself. But here in the U.S., it's not like that. The customer's always right. Because, I don't know, I guess it's because life is so fucking hard here. Like, people just don't want to risk losing their jobs. And they'll just deal with it. But it's stupid. Like, employers really have to do better with making sure that their employees feel like they can talk to customers not in a rude way but let them know like no you're wrong no you will not talk to me this way no you will not disrespect me this way but employers just enforce that whole the customers always right thing to the point where they let the people who are helping them make money the people who are helping them run their business get treated like shit i absolutely hate it the customer is not always right the customer is usually wrong this is something we need to live by this is the thing in france in France, I'm always wrong over there. Customers are always wrong. And it's like this in a lot of countries. In Tanzania, it happens all the time to me. The customer is always wrong. And most of the time we are. So let's do that here in America. Let people know. If you have a business and you're letting customers talk to your employees like shit, you need, you need to pump the brakes on that. You need to let your employee know, like, listen, you have all right to just tell this person, hey, you cannot talk to me this way. You can send an email. We can talk another time. Call back when you're more calmed down and hang up. I had a, at my company, we have a new product launch and um, like at my job and we, I think we shipped out like almost like 600 units of this, right? And two people complained about it. And because these two people complained about it, the CFO of our company made such a big deal about it. He would not stop fucking hounding me about it because the customer service manager like made a big deal about it. And it's like two people complained, two, like I have to change everything about this product. I have to change the labeling. I have to change all the marketing, everything, because two people complained about it. Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody else complained about it. And this is a very specific complaint to this one person. I'm not going to say the whole thing because, like, it's low-key doxing. Not really, but still. But 
there was nothing wrong with it. It was just not of their preference. It was not of their preference. Preference. So, yeah, the customer is not always right. The customer is mostly wrong. I know you're not on TikTok because you think you're too mature for that shit, but I know for a fact that you read Business Insider. Oh my god, sorry, I, I came back sick from Costa Rica. I don't know what happened, but I just I haven't been feeling well, but I'm, I'm getting better. Anyways, um, Neiman Marcus is, announced that they're now going to be targeting a specific audience. It's not going to be like, a, oh, we're going to show ads to everybody and we want everybody to come to our store. We want all of that. No, Neiman Marcus is now only going to cater to like the high net worth individuals. The ultra wealthy is their exact words in their like interview that they had or press release, whatever the fuck it was. So I think this is going to be very successful for them. I saw the takes on this on Twitter and TikTok and everybody's like, oh, this is what Barney's did. This is what Barney's New York did. And now look at them. Like they're trying to be like Barney's and Barney's like, look at them. Barney's, I don't know if you know, but Barney's no longer exists. It's not the department store that it used to be. It's like a little store inside Saks. Like, and when I say little, I mean little. Like, I don't know how it is at other places, but the Saks over here at Bell Harbor, it is literally like a shelf. It is like a corner with like a little shelf it's not even like a room it's a shelf it's so tragic it's so sad but yeah that's what barney's is and because barney's tried doing the same thing but um here's the thing barney's tried doing this years ago when social media was not like the way it is now it's not being consumed the way it's consumed now now social media people are obsessed with flexing and trying to do the most and showing off they will go in debt to show off that they have like this like expensive thing buying $300 perfume is like normal now buying several $300 perfumes a month is normal now like I've seen these collections <sighs> I'm dying I've seen these collections on TikTok of people I have a lot of perfume I think I have a lot of perfume but this is perfume I've collected like throughout the years but people will do hauls of like seven three hundred dollar perfumes that is fucking crazy to me and it's like regular people because they have like regular homes they're sitting in like regular like little apartments like rental apartments that they all look the same like those kind of apartments with like the gray floors and like the, the pretty kitchens like copy paste apartment rental communities yeah these people are living in these places and they're unboxing like these expensive ass perfumes they're unboxing these expensive ass products like i said i don't know if you remember when i was talking about how people like they look down like they talk down on other expensive products to make themselves look to make themselves look better so people are doing the most it's like a it's a constant competition on social media like i have more than you i have more than you do you have more than me no because if i find out you have more than me i'm gonna show that i have more than you it's ridiculous but it's all consumption it's all consumption you can tell like these people are in debt just by like their homes their cars they talk about their jobs like you could tell like somebody who was a project manager at facebook was not making enough money to do all these things but anyways yeah so i think this neiman marcus model is gonna do really good i think it's gonna excel because people are gonna prove that they they could shop in neiman marcus but actually neiman marcus is not saying that like people like regular folks like me like we can't shop in neiman marcus they're not only catering to like the one percent but they are like they they actually are catering to the one percent they said it they're just they didn't say the like the rest of us commoners can't shop there. You're just not going to get like essay treatment. Like you're not going to get your own sales associate. You're not going to get your personal shopper when you go in. Then um, they set up like clothing that they think you'll like or private rooms for you and stuff. That's who they're only reserving that for the 1%. And I think because of that, we're going to start seeing so 
many Neiman Marcus unboxings. Like, we're going to see people posting with Neiman Marcus bags because they just want to flex. Like, yeah, I'm one of the few people who can afford to be a regular customer at Neiman Marcus and get, like, VIP treatment. You know those videos where they show the people at Cartier getting, like, a glass of champagne? Like, that's so fucking normal. Like, I remember when I was in school, my friend had one of those little bracelets that had the thread on it. And she would, you could get the thread changed for free, right? But Cartier is so extra that when you go change the thread, they set, they set up like they bring you sparkling water. They bring us champagne because we were in school. They thought we were younger than we were. We, we could drink, but still. They like do a whole event for you like just because you're getting a service there. So people film those things because they want to show like, oh, I have all this. I have all that. It's so pathetic. I hate it. But yeah, I think people are now going to start doing the absolute most to be high spenders and show you what a high spender experience is at Neiman Marcus. Like here's what Neiman Marcus does for their like high spenders. It's so smart. I, I think it's really smart of Neiman Marcus. I don't like Barney's had it going, but Barney's just was ahead of their time. But Neiman Marcus, like they're going to do the most and they're going to have like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. We're in February. Let's see in January let's see in January what their numbers are what they're reporting and we'll see if I'm wrong but I think I'm right I'm rarely wrong if there is one thing that I can never stop talking about it's conspiracy theories that's a lie I can talk about anything for a very long time like I go on tangents all the time as you know as a loyal listener of this podcast you know that I can talk for hours but Malaysia flight 370 I can talk about this for days. I will not bore you with that because I'm going to make a whole like episode, like a real podcast episode where I actually like record the, the full podcast, not just upload like a bunch of voice notes and intros. No, I'm going to do a whole thing on Malaysia Flight 370. You can skip it if you're not into conspiracy theories. I know only cool people are into it. But yeah, Flight 370 was a flight from Malaysia that disappeared and nobody knows where it is. I have been obsessed with that. I have no exaggeration, no cap. I have thought about that flight every single day since I heard about it in 2004. I have not stopped thinking about that because it is un- it's crazy to me. It's unbelievable that this flight just disappeared and they have not found anything. They, uh, they, they claim allegedly that they found, no, not allegedly, they're saying like 100% like we found these fragments of like the piece of the plane, a piece of the wing in the ocean, the Indian Ocean. Okay. How do you know that was really a piece of the wing? Because the piece that they found, like, when I heard about this, I was expecting, like, oh, a piece of the wing. Like, it's going to be several feet big. Like, a piece. This was small. This could fit in my purse. This could fit in my bag. Yeah, this literally fits in my work bag. It is a small piece. How do you know that this little piece at the bottom of the Indian Ocean belonged to this plane, to flight um, uh, Malaysia Flight 370? That's unbelievable. There's making shit up. And... We will talk about this. I will talk about this shortly. But yeah, I just want to talk about how Netflix is always behind. They're always late to the game. Like, it's been too long. Why are you just now talking about it? Like, what happened? What revelation just happened that made them want to talk about it? Have they been, has this been on the back burner? I don't know. But if you really want to learn more about it and not listen listen to it from me, because I know that um, I interject a lot and I say um a lot, go to 60 Minutes Australia's YouTube page. 60 minutes australia is so elite i that is that's where everything is 60 minutes here in the u.s is garbage it's lame 60 minutes australia has everything they have the exclusives they have so many good things about this flight but also not just this they have 
interviews with Anna Delvey's fucking psychopath ass. She's a fucking crazy person. She's an awful person. I don't know how people like her. I love a scammer, but I don't like her. She's she just has like she's not charismatic. I don't know how she got into all these places. Like she seems like a bitch. Like on the show, she seemed kind of cute. She seemed fun. The interviews on 60 Minutes Australia, she's a fucking psychopath. Like she will push you off a balcony if given the chance and then she'll go like order a latte like nothing happened. She's insane. But yeah, they have exclusive interviews with her. Several like um what else do they have on there they have all these mid oh they have interview with fucking prince andrew the pedophile prince who was fucking people fucking little girls on with jeffrey epstein they have episodes about jeffrey epstein they have really good shit on there like if you're if you want good news and good conspiracy theories like deep dives with actual experts you gotta watch 60 minutes i'll share the youtube channel it's so good like they they do a really good job um yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, I'm going to save the rest of my rants for the soul podcast on the soul episode on M370 because there's there's a lot of theories. I'll give you again, I can't shut up. There's one that they say that the pilot did it himself like it was a suicide, but I don't believe that. There's one that says that they were uh, like some people swear that it was like a terrorist attack because there were two people from iran on the plane with fake passports but again like they're saying that it was them i think it's fucking racist actually what happened is these people were just looking for asylum in a european country and to get to europe from iran they needed to go through malaysia but yeah i mean that's not 100 percent proof like i that's what they say really happened i don't know but there's more of these um i will i will write them all down so i don't go on a tangent and i don't like derail myself Hi, okay, so I read that article that you sent me about um, the books being banned in Florida, and that got me thinking about what I'm always talking about is anti-intellectualism and how it's so rampant in society nowadays. It is absolutely crazy to me how people hate and look down on well-educated people. It is now an insult. I've seen public officials, people in Congress, senators making tweets, making fun of women who are educated, using women women having degrees, women's degrees, accomplishments as insults and they hate it it's so stupid i've heard people like on podcasts people with authority who have millions of viewers millions of listeners telling people that oh why are you reading books i've never read a book kanye west saying that he's never read a book i hate when people do that because i don't believe that they don't re- actually i i do believe kanye west never read a book i don't like kanye west i believe anything horrible about him but when people in government start telling start looking down on people with education with newscasters do this when people in like high professions say things like this it's like "Mm, that's not true you don't really feel that way because you went to a university you did a full four years you mean to tell me you didn't really yeah you didn't read a book while you were there it really bothers me when people in these high positions people who are in control tell the people beneath them that they shouldn't read and they make reading seem like it's something stupid like it's something bad like it's a waste of time it's like they purposely want the population to be stupid oh my god shut up that's my animal um it's like they want people to be stupid they don't want people to question things they don't want people to have the ability to read because part of reading is that you have to be a critical thinker when you read whether you're reading fiction or you're reading a self-help book like you you actually have to think about these words like what you're consuming and they don't want that they want you to just binge watch they want you to just listen to podcasts like this one um they want you to just listen to what they say and what people like them are saying and not what other like you know other sources of media especially you know literature they don't want you to listen to that which reminds me i just finished reading a book and it's called the book thieves um hold on let me find it's a a long name but the book thieves and something else hold on 
The Book Thieves, The Nazi Looting of Europe's Libraries, and The Race to Return, Liter Literary Inheritance. Okay, this book is basically about when the Nazis started gaining power in Germany. One of the first things that they did is that they went into universities and they started burning books. They started going to libraries and they started burning books. Anything that made Jewish people look good, they burned. Anything that made black people look good, they burned. Anything that made anybody who wasn't Aryan look good, they burned. Anything that described the plight of these people, um, for example, you know, like the Jews, their plight in Israel, yeah, their plight in Egypt, the Israeli Israelites, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. When they were slaves, that had to get burned. They, because they didn't want people to sympathize. They didn't want the German people to sympathize with the Jewish people because you already know what happened, what they did to the Jewish people shortly after this all started. They didn't want them to see them as good people. They didn't want them to see them as people who have suffered, who have gone through it for thousands of years. Same with Muslims. They didn't want people to read. Even though Muslims weren't in that area, they still didn't want people who weren't like them to be seen in a good light in the event that they just happened to stroll into their side of town. They deleted, they deleted, they burned books that describe, you know, like the first university was made by a Muslim woman. They, they got rid of all of these things because they didn't want their population to have to sympathize with the people that they were soon going to exterminate. And that kind of makes me feel like that's kind of what happened is happening right now with how white kids are now complain no parents are complaining that their kids feel bad if their white kids feel bad if they read a book about slavery slavery was not that long ago segregation was not that long ago like in the 60s like our president joe sleepy joe he was alive during segregation he fought to keep segregation so he was a grown adult practicing law fighting to keep segregation so segregation was not that long ago if our president was one of the people who was fighting to keep it to you know like not get rid of segregation so i don't understand why we wouldn't want kids to learn about this and why we wouldn't want kids to like no matter the race learn about this unless you're trying to hide it unless you don't want them to sympathize and i think that's kind of what's happening that they don't want people to sympathize with people that they don't like i don't know that's just my take on it especially after reading this book again the book thieves it's so good you, you should order it i think you can get it on kindle too i know you use kindle but it's very interesting how they just pretty much like it, it talks about how this was their thought process we don't want them to see them as humans we don't want them to see that they had accomplishments uh, like what they accomplished and we don't want them to ever feel bad for them because they've suffered in the past so that's kind of what I see is happening here. A lot of books are being taken away and it ups, this is going to get political, but it upsets me because the parties that are doing this, let, let me, you know, disclaimer, I don't like liberals and I don't like conservatives. I am very much in the middle. I do not like either one of them. They both drive me up a wall. I'm very much in the middle, but conservatives love to say that they hate communism, they hate communism, they hate, they're not fascist, they're not any of these things, but they move in very communist ways, like, they move like communists, like, the only thing that they don't do with, that communists do is that they don't, like, share wealth, that we don't have, like, a collective society of, like, sharing resources, but they do move very similar to communists, like, they ban books, they take down monuments, they ban education, they ban programs, like, school programs they they move like communists um 
even when they say they want to throw people in jail because they don't have the same views as them, they boycott things. They call, when you boycott something, they say you're acting like a communist. And it's like, why? When they boycott something, it's okay. But when I boycott or liberals boycott something, they make it seem like, oh, you're acting like a communist. And it's like, how is how am I being a communist? Because I'm exercising my right, you know, my capitalistic right to just not give this business my money and I'm going to go to another business. They they move, I don't know, both of them are fucked up. They're so, they're so annoying. I can't stand them. Oh, God. Anyways, that's another subject. Okay, those are all the voice notes I was able to salvage and, like, the one I just made on the fly. I will have some good stuff next week, hopefully. I'm actually going to record something real once I finish this one. I actually wrote some notes down. I'm going to talk... I'm going to do a whole episode on the Malaysia flight because that is interesting. I know... Listen, I know each one of you personally who listens to this, and I know you hate hearing me ramble about this, but you start off hating it, but then you enjoy. Then you enjoy listening to it. I know you guys. Um, So yeah, so I'm going to do one about that. Then I'm going to do one. I'm going to touch more on how our friends are our actual soulmates, not just our partners and the reasons why. I've talked about this before, but I didn't really touch down on the reason why this is happening now. Now why, uh, why now our friends are more soulmates than our actual partners. And um, there's something else I want to talk about. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm going to record all of this this weekend. And next week, we're going to have an actual sponsor on this podcast. Oh my God, can you believe it? I have a sponsor. You're going to be shook. Your jaw is going to drop to the ground. Like there's going to be a real life sponsor. An actual company is going to be sponsoring this podcast. You're not going to believe it. Okay, bye.